I think influence and influencer gets a bad rap in our world today because we've seen a lot of bad stuff around the word influence and influencer. And I think it all goes back to a hard issue. Welcome to the Women in Work podcast, the show that inspires you to confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. I'm Courtney Moore. And I'm Missy Branch. We want to introduce you to women who, through their own unique vocations, are seeing what they do make an eternal difference. And we pray these conversations will inspire you in your own calling to honor God, to image Him to the world through your work, and to leverage your potential for His glory. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do you long to study the Bible more deeply and be better equipped to teach God's Word? That's why Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary offers a variety of flexible degree options that empower you to do just that. Through its diverse selection of certificate programs, master's degrees, and advanced degrees, Southeastern desires to equip women to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. Southeastern believes that God has commanded each of us to go and make disciples by teaching His Word and sharing the truth about Jesus Christ. Southeastern would be privileged to play a part in your growth in His Word and your training to fulfill the Great Commission in all of life. To find out more, explore degree options, or to schedule a visit, check out sebts.edu. Welcome, everybody. We're so excited for another episode with another incredible woman. Today, we have with us Dr. Jen Bennett. She is a professor and host of the She Impacts Culture podcast. She's also an author and a speaker. Dr. Bennett is a driven visionary communicator who has a unique way of connecting with her audience. She enjoys teaching, leading, and building, and is committed to helping others be successful. As a strategic communication professor at Indiana Wesleyan University, Jen equips college students to discover their voice, develop their expertise, and lead with influence to impact culture for Christ. I am so here for all of that. (laughs) Jen provides students with real-world opportunities that help them launch into the careers and professions that they are called to. Jen has consulted various entrepreneurs, small business owners, ministries, organizations, and college students in social media, personal branding, marketing, and public relations. She was named one of 65 women in Digital You Should Be Following. In 2019, she was chosen as one of 55 social media influencers to attend hashtag NASA social for the Falcon Heavy Rocket launch. She is also the author of the book, hashtag Be Worth Following, How to Be Different and Influence People in a Crowded Social World. In April of 2021, Jen launched the She Impacts Culture podcast, a podcast for trailblazing, faith-based women who want to lead with influence and impact culture for Christ through their work. And in 2022, Jen co-founded Faith First Digital Marketers, a community of Christian digital marketers seeking to put Christ first in their business and lives. OMG. I'm here for all of it, okay? I'm here for all of it. I am so excited to be here. This has just been something I have been looking forward to, so thanks for having me. Jen, we are so glad you're here. Thanks for coming on today. So, okay, Jen, at the beginning of each one of these interviews, we do a thing called rapid-fire questions, and they are so much fun. So are you ready to get started with this? I think I'm ready. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So the first question, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my goodness. I wanted to be 
everything. That was my problem. Very <laughs> multi-passionate kid. I went from, I'm going to be a famous dancer, like yes. just on stage dancing and having the time of my life to being an entrepreneur, which I loved. I was the weird kid growing up. Instead of toys, <laughs> I wanted receipt books and pretend cash registers and all How of that. Cute. So... I had a lot of ideas of the things I wanted to be. I'll stop there though. <laughs> I so we've never had that answer. Somebody always no. has the thing. So I love that. I love that. So what was your actual first job then? My first actual job that really comes to mind is working at Domino's. Oh, I was an order taker, a pizza maker. And I just, there's this picture buried somewhere very deep that needs to stay there of me <laughs> just like with the Domino's hat on and the whole outfit. But yeah, I was a Domino's what, girl. <laughs> did the receipts bring you joy? Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What kind of work do you want to be doing when you're 80 years old? Oh my goodness. I think, you know... I want to do work that continues to impact the kingdom of God. And so if that means I'm 80 years old and I have the opportunity to have deep conversations with my neighbors or with students or with people in the church, um, really, I just want to do whatever it is that God wants me to do, even at the age of 80. I don't um, ever want to stop just because of age. And so that's my hope is to just fulfill that, which Christ has for me. I love it. That's beautiful. Okay. So Jen, just, we want to get to know you a little bit more, uh, fill in around the edges. So where did you grow up mostly? Where have you lived most of your adult life? And just real briefly, how'd you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Yeah. So I am originally from Miami, Florida, was born in Miami, Grew up in the Florida Keys, spent most of my life there, and mm. really have spent most of my life in Florida. Um, I came to know the Lord at the age of three with the faith of a child. I knelt beside my bed and prayed a prayer with my mom. And then at the age of nine, when I obviously understood more of what it meant to be in need of Jesus, um, I was baptized because I understood more. And, um, and then throughout my teenage years growing up in the Keys, I was just always very involved in youth group. I was doing all kinds of stuff, went on a month-long mission trip to Venezuela. So God has always really been a big part of my life, which I'm very, very grateful for. Um, spent most of my years in Florida, now living in Indiana, a place I never imagined living. Okay. I'm a yeah, Miami girl. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, Lord, wait a minute. What are you doing here? Don't you know where I'm from? First of all, right. from Miami, Florida, there's no snow here. Um, right. And why am I, tra why am I, trading in, because at the time before I moved to India, I was in North Carolina, but I've always lived in these areas. And before that I was in Orlando, I always lived in cities and um, destination cities, as my husband would like to say, places people would go vacation. And as we're getting ready to move to Indiana, we're like, ain't nobody coming to Indiana for vacation. Like nobody, <laughs> oh, no. hey, let's go to Indiana for vacation. And so I remember just having a lot of conversations with God saying, I'm trading in skyscrapers for cornfields. Lord, what are you doing? Mm, like, right. what are you doing? But I'll just say quickly, God has been so good and faithful. I, Florida girl, have fallen in love with Indiana, which is just crazy I to me. I love it. 
That's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, tell us about your job. So in the bio, in your bio, the words helping students discover their voice, develop their expertise, and lead with influence to impact culture for Christ, and I do this at a university, just seems so crazy. That sounds very much like a conference, but for someone to be able to get that in their education, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, it's really interesting to me because I never imagined myself being at a college, at a university teaching. You know, back in the day when I went off to seminary for my master's degree, I thought I would be in ministry my entire life. And in my head at that point, it was um, church ministry. Mm -hmm. And so I did some church ministry. I did youth ministry. And then God led me to be a middle school teacher, a high school teacher. And then when I had my son, I stayed home. And that's when social media was taking off. And um, really, God just opened the doors for me to start helping entrepreneurs and businesses and churches and ministries with their online platforms. And he started opening doors for me to speak at conferences and all of that. And then when my son got older, I was like, well, I've been in education, but I think I'd like to, you know, try it at the college level one day. So Mm -hmm. out of a complete surprise, and at the time we were living in central Florida, God Mm -hmm. opened a door for me to go to Wake Forest University, where I was the communication and program director for the Center for Entrepreneurship. And then I taught entrepreneurial marketing. And I loved my time there. I had a great team. But after a few years there, something started stirring in me of wanting to go to a Christian university where I could teach from a biblical foundation. And so as I applied to different places, it became very clear that Indiana Wesleyan University was the place where I was supposed to go. Even though the weekend that we came to see the school, as we're driving out, I'm bawling my eyes out Mm -hmm. because I knew this is where God was calling me, but I had to surrender my thoughts, my ideas, my plans, my fears, everything to God and really just trust his leading. And so, as I mentioned before, God has been so good here. And one of the things that I love about teaching at a Christian university is the opportunity to not only help students gain the skills, the hard skills that they need to excel in the marketplace and to really use their gifts, skills, and talents with excellence, but also to give them the opportunity to learn what it means to be Christ followers who can impact the marketplace for Christ, Mm. be the leaders who use their influence for good. And so I just love that part because I can bring in biblical discussions, God discussions into my classes as we look and talk about PR ethics. Well, here's how the world defines PR ethics, but how do we as Christ followers define PR ethics? And how will this look different? How would we approach this differently as Christ followers than as just somebody who's just working in the marketplace? So that's the thing that I love to do. And I love to give students um, experiential opportunities where they actually partner with real clients so that when they graduate, they have this incredible portfolio that shows the work that they've done and the work that they're capable of doing. That's amazing, okay. Jen. Yes. So let me ask you this, just as a follow-up. I know that you you started in ministry, like you said, and then you moved to teach education. What were your degrees in? Did you have to go back to school to get you know, um, some education to move into the education realm outside of ministry? Yeah. So it's really, I'm, I just, you know, when I think back, I'm like, man, God, you really just had your hand on my life 
all these years. So yeah, I graduated with a four-year degree in communication PR. And while I was at the university, I went to a public university. I really felt like God was calling me to go to Bible school or seminary. And so God opened the door for me to attend Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. So I went there and spent a few years studying and doing ministry. And then when I was graduating from there, I told God, you know, I'll go anywhere but Miami because I'm from Miami. (laughs) And at the time I was single and I knew too, that if I go back to Miami, like I just, you know, I just know what it's like there. And I'm like, if I go back to Miami too, I'll be single the rest of my life. Well, lo and behold, God opened the door for me to go back to Miami. And I was like, okay, God, it's you and me forever. That's it. We're going to be in me. And, um, within like the first month that I was there, I met my husband and we soon got married and it wasn't until after I got into education that my husband and I both decided to pursue our doctorate degrees. We did that together. Um, but how God even got me in education is just such a godsend. I went to this school, this public school, I applied for a position when I sent an email to the principal ladies, I spelled principal wrong. And I'm wow. like, oh yeah, really going to hire me <laughs> an English or reading teacher when I can't even spell principal correctly. And um, lo and behold, I got hired and that's where it just started to grow from there, getting into education. So yeah, we worked on our doctorate together. Um, got it done and that opened the door for higher education, which again, if you know my story, I never was the girl who ever imagined myself getting a doctorate. I'm a first generation college graduate. I come from a Cuban family and I was the girl who graduated high school because I was ready to be done with high school. I had no desire to go to college and decided, Mm -hmm. fine, I'll go to the community college for two years, get an office degree. I'll work behind a cubicle the rest of my life. And then it was at the community college that God just totally changed the trajectory of my life in so many ways. Well, it sounds like you just kept taking step by step faith steps along the way and he just kept leading you and here you are. So it's really encouraging. Yeah. So, well then tell us now about your book. Um, It's called hashtag be worth following. And I love the tagline, how to be different and influence people in a crowded social world. And what I know this about social media influence, but hearing you talk about the way you teach your students to view this completely differently. We, I would love to hear you tell us more about that. And then like, even where this vision for this was born? Yeah. So at the time I was working from home and had the opportunity to help a variety of leaders, entrepreneurs, businesses, ministries with their social media platforms, everything from branding to engagement to advertising. And one of the things that I noticed quickly is that, you know, social media can just be a hot mess, which I'm sure you guys yeah, have we also. Yes, um, we agree. Yeah, like with the um, opinions and debates and words and just a lot of stuff. And so I decided that I wanted to write a book that was geared towards faith-based women um, mostly entrepreneurial women, but women from all different kinds of industries have read it, but a book that would help them be worth following, um, a book that would help open doors 
for them to see how they could open doors through their social media platforms for deeper, more authentic conversations that could hopefully one day lead others to knowing who this Jesus is that we serve. And so while that book also gives tips about what to do on social media, the bigger message of it is how can we as faith-based women be women that are worth following that ultimately opens the door to deeper conversation. That's great. I mean, that's really leveraging a sort of a, a worldly phenomenon, social media, really for the purposes of the kingdom, which is, I feel like, you know, as believers, that's, that's part of the Great Commission and what we're called to do. So exactly. I, Missy and I were chatting before you got on. And the next question I was going to ask you is, you know, what what specific challenges do you see women struggling with on social media. And before you jumped on, we were talking about our own struggles <laughs> with social media. So how about you just like answer our question? <laughs> yeah. Now, one of the things we were talking about is wanting to have more influence so that you, so that more women can be encouraged, right? Um, yeah. But then also feeling a little icky, um, I don't know another word, but trying to gain a following feels very self-promoting, very selfish, very me-centered. So how do you, and even just the word strategy, you know, I was telling Missy, I feel like for our women in work accounts, I'm fine. Let's come up with a strategy. But for my personal account to say, okay, I'm going to like create and build this whole strategy for, you know, my own personal account. It feels... I don't like that feeling for some reason. So talk to us about how you navigate thoughts like that for women. Yeah. And that can be such a hard place because it is when we look at social media, so much of it is about promotion, likes, numbers. And if any of your listeners are in the writing space, we know that publishers are looking for numbers. That's Mm -hmm. what they want. I remember I had a publisher reach out to me about a book that they wanted. I put the whole proposal together and everything, and then I sent it to them. And then when it got in front of their marketing department, they were like, no, her numbers need to be bigger. And I was like, but you reached out to me. And so it can be so hard because at at one point you feel like, God, I know that I'm, I'm called to do this. I'm called to share your message, but yet I feel like all of this other stuff, numbers and influence is getting the best of me. And quite honestly, I finally came to the point where I was like, you know what? I, I'm done. I am not going to work overtime just to try to build this following, just to try to get my numbers higher. Like Mm. I'm just done with that. And ever since Mm -hmm. I did that, there has been this complete freedom. And so what I do when it comes to my personal, um, personal profiles is I just try to share authentically. I try to share a variety of things, things from what the Lord taught me that morning in my quiet time, the fun times in my life, the things that I'm enjoying, um, the funny things like the picture of my dog when he gave me the side eye one day, um, and just authentically share who I am and what God is doing in my life and the things that I'm questioning or curious about or considering and all of that. And I have just found so much freedom 
in that. And I think that's really where it comes down to is that we just have to say, God, if you've called me to this, I'm going to do my part, but I'm not going to let things like numbers and social media become an idol in my life. Ultimately, my trust is in you. I will do my part. And if you think that this, whatever it is, may need to be brought to fruition, writing a book, speaking, finding another job, promotion, whatever it be, then God, I just trust you to open the right doors and close the wrong doors. And so I think we do. We just have to come to a point where we just lay it down. And it was Jenny Randall. She was on my um, podcast and she reminded me so clearly we are not numbers and our world is so consumed <laughs> yes. with numbers. How yes. much do you weigh? How um, old are you? So true. How much are you making? How many followers do you have? What's the and city? My numbers are not good on any of that. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. but, but who even defines good? That's the whole question. I know, but I'm saying that's what they make you feel like. None of exactly. I don't qualify for on any of it. Right. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you'll get the promotion if your numbers are here. Like it's our yes. world is very numbers consumed. And yes. as Christ followers, we just have to be very careful that we don't get caught up into that and think, oh, well, I should be making this salary. I should be having this many people following me. Um, my mortgage should be this, my whatever mm. it may be. I should weigh this. Um, Mm -hmm. We just have to be very careful with that. So yeah, for me, it's really just come to a point where I have to surrender and I have to surrender on a weekly basis. It's not a one time and done kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. I just have to surrender that part. So this is good. So based on what you said, my question is like, what is your take on influencers of social media? Not like if they're sinful, but like, what do you make of being an influencer or even trying to be an influencer? Yeah, that is such a good question because I think influence and influencer gets a bad rap in our world today because we've seen a lot of bad stuff around the word influence and influencer. And I think it all goes back to a hard issue. Am I trying to build my influence for my gain, for my kingdom, Mm. for my worth, for my identity, or am I trying to build my influence for the kingdom of God, to make him known, to lead others to the heart of God through my work, my words, my outings, my opportunities. And I just really think that it, again, it just all goes back to a heart issue. Why do I want to be known? Why do I want to influence other people? Is it about God or is it about building my kingdom? And that's the big Mm -hmm. differentiator there. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, this is just a little spin off of that answer. Do you have any thoughts or hesitations about Christians using their social media influence for financial gain? Does that make sense? You know how you'll say, okay, this is an ad. They'll do the hashtag ad. I mean, I just, since you think about this stuff all the time, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Again, I think it goes back to a heart issue. Okay. So if someone comes to me and asks me, Jen, will you sponsor this? Will you be a part of this? And it's something that not only I align with, but also aligns with my faith and who I believe God says he is. And knowing that by me being a part of that could help open more doors 
then yes, I think it's totally okay. And it's really interesting that you bring this question up because I was just on another call earlier today where we were talking about something right along these, um, this topic of where is the boundary when it comes to, like, if you have a business and you are promoting it and putting it out there and you're like, no, I'm not going to work with you because you can't pay me this amount of money and I'm worth that amount of money. Like, where does the line and boundary come with that? And what does it mean? Well, I'm not, you know, I'm worth more money than that. Like, where do you draw the line? And so there, I feel like we could have an entire day long conversation just yes. on that. And I do, I think it goes back to a hard issue. Like there are people that God will call you to, to dive into and to help with nothing in return. And then there will be other people that God calls you to serve who will be able to pay you and give you what you need for the services that you're offering. I think if you're always in tune with God, he will show you what to say yes to, what to say no to, what aligns with him and his direction in your life. And then again, if your heart is in the right place, you will know what you should and should not be a part of. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Wisdom and discernment. One of the things, Courtney and I um, have similar situations, and I I don't, we haven't talked about this, but so you get invited to speak at a conference. Yeah. Or recently I wrote an article for someone, and that's not what I do. It's not my area of strength. So, you know, okay, I wrote an article. But to post a picture of myself being at this conference just feels so weird, right? But then they say to you, will you please post this picture so women will come and women know? Yeah. And so I struggle with that. The people I wrote the article for were like, why won't you post <laughs> that you wrote an article? <laughs> but then I'm like, I feel so weird. But I'm also the yeah. person who don't want you to sing happy birthday to me. So I don't know. But I'm like, how do we how do we draw the yeah. line of what is what is acceptable and what just... It just feels like so much self-promotion, I guess. Right. I know. Well, if you look at my feed, I mean, I just shared about all the conferences I was just. I guess on the back end, it's almost like I was there. But on the front end, please come see me just feels crazy. I don't know. Well, and that's where communication comes in. I believe you have to know how to communicate what it is that you're sharing about. Like for me, I loved the people that I had the opportunity to connect with. And oh my gosh, we spoke life into each other. It was an incredible conference that not only I had the opportunity to speak at, but that did my heart well. And having the opportunity to speak into church leaders and letting them know that not only their work mattered, but here are some things that I've learned along the way that can might help you make your job easier or more impactful as you look to reach other people. So I think it all goes back to your communication and how you are wording things. If your posts are all about hey, yeah, I'm at another speaking engagement, woohoo, kind of a thing, then yeah, I can understand how that can feel uncomfortable. But if you get deep into it and you're like, my gosh, God has moved here. The people have encouraged me. I've walked away feeling closer to God. The people that I've been able to help as they move forward in the college, when you share it from that perspective, for me, it doesn't feel as promotional or as yucky. Because it's not just about me. It's also about 
the impact that the people and the conference has had on my life. And it's really the work of God. You're, you're pointing a finger to him. See what God did. And I happen to be a part of it. And I want you to know, because I mean, I think of Matthew 5, 16, you know, that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. So you're pointing a finger back at the Holy Spirit's work that he allowed you to be involved in. So I think you should post it, Missy. Post the article. I do too. Women need to read it. Yes. (laughs) Put the link in your bio. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just wondering, I mean, we're talking about social media and it's a huge part of all of our lives because we have these phones and they stay near us 24-7, it feels like. (laughs) But we do have real lives. We have actual humans that we interface with and that incarnational living is so vitally important. So how can women who are addicted to their phones or even, you know, use their phones for work um, who are posting stuff or just checking emails even on your phone? How can we be more intentional and better equipped to just put the thing down and just be present in the moment with the people that God has actually placed in front of us? Yes. And this is so this can be so hard. And I am not a pro at this. I fail at this multiple times because I not only teach social media, I use social media for a variety of things. So this is hard. Here's some of the things that I've done that have helped me out. Um, At one point, I took a 24-day fast where I just did not, I was not on social media for 24 days. And I do that every so often where I just make myself get off of social media for a while because I just I just, I need that break. So I've done that before. Um, At one point, which I think I need to go back to doing this, is I had my phone charge in another bedroom of our house at night so that I would not be tempted to look at this first thing in the morning right next to my nightstand. So I've done that before. Um, Other things I've done is like Sundays. I'm like, I'm not looking at my phone on Sundays. I'm not going to be on there. Um, Taking the apps off of your phone. If you feel that's going to help you take a break from that and then only access them when you're actually on your computer. So I think there's a variety of different ways to try different things that will help you break away from maybe having this phone with you all the time. For you, it could be as simple as um, I'm shutting my phone off every day at 6 p.m. so that I can just be with my family. Or it could be at dinner time, I'm putting this phone in another room so that I don't have the temptation to just grab it because it's right there. So I would say really thinking about one area where you need to improve when it comes to having your phone with you all of the time and move forward with that. Here's the thing. Again, I think it's a it's a consistent thing. We're always having to, you know, okay, let me go back. I, I'm I'm getting attached to this again too much. I need to make a change. And so don't try to, you know, don't go the route of say, that's it. I'm deleting all of my social media platforms. I'm done. <laughs> and then two days later you're back because you really <laughs> Start small, and maybe right. one small step would be at night. My phone's going to charge in another room, so that in the morning, my first small step is I'm not going to grab it before I get ready for my day or have time with the Lord. That's good. That's helpful. So, how can we image God through the use of good social media practices? Like, yeah, that that's it. I won't qualify it. <laughs> yeah. So the one thing that comes to mind is when you post something. 
and somebody comes on your post and disagrees with you. For us, it can be very easy to either delete the post or just maybe use words in response that ends up turning that person away more so than drawing them in. I think we have to be open and willing if we're going to be on social media and if we're going to share about our belief in Christ, what the what God is doing in our lives, then we have to be ready to know that there are going to be people who disagree with what we say. And we have to figure out how can we have a conversation with them online that helps them share what they think, but also gives us the opportunity to share what we think. And I think that's one of the one of the biggest things that we can do rather than just shutting the door as soon as somebody disagrees with us. Because who knows how God will move in the life of somebody if you just take the time to interact with them. I'll never forget, I um, have been connected to this individual for years. And one time I posted something And she told me, she's like, you know, Jen, I'm an atheist. I'm not going to ever, you know, come to Christ or whatever, but I'd still would love to have a conversation with you just because we have been cordial to each other. We, if she disagreed with me, that's fine. You know, we can still talk. And I think we've lost the art of learning how to communicate with people who think, live, and believe differently than we do. And, you know, one of the things that I always say is that, And I'm actually thinking of changing this up a little bit, but I've always said we can be strong in our convictions. We can share our convictions with compassion because when those two things come together, connection happens. And that's when the door opens to us having deeper um, conversations with people. Another way that I've been thinking about saying it is that we can have our convictions, but also be curious about the stories of other people. Because when we are curious about other people, then a connection happens. And so I think that's one of the things we've really um, have lost out on because it's really easy to be behind a computer screen and just share whatever you want in a way that's not. Um, in a way that's not helpful, if that makes sense. It does yeah. make sense. What that sounds like is actually having some level of humility. Being <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I was even thinking of uh, in Romans when it when it says it's the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. Yeah. It's not the Lord just hammering truth into your head because He's right. Obviously, He's right. Um, right. And, and but but I think a lot of times we come on. I mean, I'm thinking especially Twitter. It's it's just you know right? flames over there every day. But we're coming on thinking we're right, and it, we're not curious about other people. We're we're thinking about what we're saying and how right it is. And again, that's akin to pride. Um, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like I would think of the woman at the well, like mm. the way Jesus mm-hmm. conversed with her. Yes. And he was, cur- even though he knew everything about her, he was still curious and he still showed compassion and yeah. he still had this conversation with her so much so that her life changed and the people in her village, their lives were changed. And to me, that is just a beautiful example of how we as Christ followers can communicate with people who are completely different than us. Okay, so let's talk about um, you co-founded Faith First Digital Marketers. Tell us about that. How did that come about? What is it? And for 
maybe entrepreneurs um, who are just starting out, if you had a couple of just marketing tips as they begin. So Faith First Digital Marketer started in earlier um, earlier this year, 2022. And Phil Mershon, he works with social media examiner. He is event planner guru. He puts on social media marketing world every year. Anybody that's in digital marketing knows who Phil Mershon is. He's just an incredible guy who loves the Lord. And so he and I decided to partner together and start this group called Faith First Digital Marketers, where those who are working in the field of digital marketing can come together and just be encouraged and be in community with other Christian digital marketers. So we've just started Um, We've been hosting weekly conversations with other Christian digital marketers. Um, We have a private Facebook group. So anybody that wants to join, you can find us and join. But um, our goal is to not be like every other digital marketing group where there's all this training on digital marketing and everything, but instead to really create a community where those of us who are in the digital marketing space have each other to lean on, but then also can help each other as we grow in our relationship with Jesus and as we use our gifts, skills, and talents to impact the kingdom of God through our work in digital marketing. So yeah, we're really excited. We're planning some fun stuff. Um, we've got big hopes and dreams, so we'll, we'll kind of see what God does with it. That sounds so fun. So if I'm listening to you and I don't know what digital marketing is like, because, you know, we were just talking about your own personal social media and branding and I mean, or not even, we didn't even use that word, but if I don't know what digital marketing is, explain that to someone. Yeah. Yeah. So digital marketing is everything that you could possibly imagine that it is. It is social media, websites, blogging, content marketing, advertising, e-commerce. I mean, it's all of that stuff. And it's all about how do we use these platforms to share the products, services, and or messages that God has given us to share. Okay. And that's exactly what I wanted you to say, that that included so many things. Like it wasn't just small niche things that women or people shouldn't be concerned with because it's so broad. Right. Right. Absolutely. So if there is someone listening and they've just founded a brand new nonprofit or they have an idea and they're really trying to get it off the ground, what are just some like base level, here's maybe three things they need to know about marketing? Yeah, that's a great question. Number one, know who your target audience is. Everything starts with your target audience. If you don't know who the people are that you are trying to reach And if you don't know them at a deeper level, then you're going to end up sharing all of these messages that will never connect with those people. So you really have to be willing to do some research into your target audience, the demographics, the psychographics, um, all of that to see who is this person that I am trying to reach? How do they communicate best? How do they learn best? So number one is you have to know your target audience. Number two, what differentiates you from all of the competition out there? You have to know what your differentiating factor is. Why would someone choose you over the competition? And I'm putting, you know, competition in quotes because Mm -hmm. um, I don't even always like to use that word, but we do have competitors out there, but we have people out there that are doing the same exact thing that we're doing. I always like to use the example of toilet paper. I mean, think about it. Every toilet paper company has a different (laughs) marketing message, even though it's all the same thing. It's toilet paper. 
Okay. Right. Um, so yeah, so you have to know what is your differentiating factor. Number three, why? Why do you feel called to lead this nonprofit, this business? Why has God called you to do this? What is your bigger purpose behind just offering a product or service? Why has God called you to this? And then the last thing, I know this is four and you asked for three, no, but it's the good, last it's good. <laughs> ask yourself, what does, what do I want to be known for? What do I want this nonprofit, this business to be known for? And when I say known, again, it's not about fame, fortune, and all of that stuff. But instead, when people think of me and or my company, my business, nonprofit, what do I want them to know? And the exercise that I always give people to think through is, what five adjectives do you want your company to be known for? What five adjectives do you want your company not to be known for? And that's mm-hmm. where I do some really great insight. I did that one time with a church when I was leading a two-day um, consult consultation with them. And I'll never forget, they did that activity. And after they were done, they were like, oh my gosh, everything we've been putting out there has been based on what we don't want to be known for. Wow. So it was an eye experience for them. So I think that's a great little activity to do, even for your personal brand or your business brand. What do you want to be known for? What do you not want to be known for? And then that gives you a lens for all of your digital marketing and messaging that you're putting out there. If it doesn't align with what you want to be known for, then it doesn't go out. That's really smart. That's great. Yeah. That is, and I think we can use that in a lot of areas of our lives. I think that's great. Absolutely. So Jen, tell us about your podcast, the She Impacts Culture podcast. What um, what episodes should listeners check out first? Oh man, all of them. I just feel like they're all so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, She Impacts Culture podcast. I've wanted to do a podcast for years and mm-hmm. it wasn't until 2021 during Um, a quiet time that I felt like the Lord finally gave me the okay and gave me a message around the podcast because prior to that, I didn't really know what my podcast would be about. So She Impacts Culture is for faith-based women who want to use um, their leadership and influence to impact culture for Christ through their work. And so every week um, I have a guest on there and I love it because I get to hear the stories of these amazing women and give them the opportunity to share their stories. And then Mm -hmm. in between my guests, I share a quick 10 to 15 minute episode that's usually around a communication social media tip that will help you in your work. And so um, I love it. Gosh, I feel like all of the episodes have been so great. I mean, just some really amazing women that inspire me and motivate me as they live out their callings that God has placed on their lives. We That's love it. Great. We will send our listeners there to check out because I know they'll yes, be encouraged by it. So you talk about, um, we talked before about how with your students, you like to give them those real life in-person um, learning experience. So share with us about that. I mean, we might have some other professors listening in who could learn from that and even implement it um, with their students. Yeah, I'm all about experiential learning. And that is rather than working with um, fake clients, not real clients, made up businesses and all of that, I really (laughs) want students to learn not only how to do 
the hard skills of the job that they're looking at doing once they graduate, but also how do you communicate? How do you communicate with a client? How do you handle when a client doesn't respond to you for over a week and you really need information from them? How do you work in a team with people that are very different from you? And maybe somebody's on the team that you don't even like. How do you work with them? How do you work towards a goal and finish a project successfully when team members are from all different backgrounds and thoughts and ideas. And so I feel like when I can bring that into the classroom, students not only have the opportunity to learn and practice the hard skills that they've been learning in class and put it into practice, but they also learn so many soft skills that are needed in the workplace today. Teamwork, communication, conflict, leadership, influence, like just so many different things. So I, every semester, we are usually working with a client. I'm actually, um, I've been meeting with clients for my next semester projects. And so it's just a fun opportunity to get them to really um, see and notice what they can bring to the table. And my clients love it because they're getting something in return from it. And then it also connects um, community members with our university, which I love also. That's so great. Yes. I'm sure those students, that's something that they could just take with them. I mean, I wish I'd had some of those experiential circumstances. Students come and tell me, Bennett, I got a job because of the work I did in your class and I was able to show them, um, you know, the, the strategy that I put together. One of our clients said, Students, do you know that I paid $150,000 for a communication strategy that you guys have just created for me? What you've just created is worth $150,000. Yeah. I think that's one of the beautiful things about working with college students is that you really can genuinely impact the direction of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And they can provide a lot of impact on you. Have you had that experience? Oh my gosh. Yes. They encourage me in so many ways that sometimes they just don't even know. Like when I have a student, I'm a student that comes to mind who, my goodness, she just loves the Lord. Like the Lord Mm -hmm. is all over her and Mm -hmm. she is so good with what she shares and how God is moving in her life that I'm just like, girl, you need to come up here and speak. Like, get, like, <laughs> just, like Jesus is just all wow. over her. And so, yes. yeah, my students encourage me in ways that they will probably never even fully know. It's just amazing. That's beautiful. Well, Jen, as we wrap up, if what is one piece of advice that you would leave with our listeners who want to honor God through whatever God's called them to do vocationally? Yeah, I would say... Be open to taking the next step, even if you don't have all the answers up front, even if you think, God, this isn't how I had planned for this to work out, even if you're scared, even if you don't know how it will work out, like, don't be afraid to take the next step. Because I believe that when we take that step, that's when God starts to show us even more and that we get to experience the things that our that our hearts have always longed for. A lot of us want adventure. We want to live the purpose that God has given us. We want to see God work in miraculous ways. But for many of us, 
we don't experience that because we allow fear to keep us from taking the next step when we don't have all the answers. And so mm-hmm. I would encourage your listeners, take that step, even when you don't have all the answers up front. When I moved to Indiana, I had no idea how it was going to turn out. My husband didn't have a job. I mean, he was still had his job with another university back in the Carolinas, but he would have to come up here to find another job. Um, we didn't know how my son would take it, this and that, but God has been so, so good and faithful. So good. Such an encouragement. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. We've learned a lot. We've been encouraged. Lisa's going to share her article on social media now, and we're going to read it and be encouraged by that. (laughs) Oh, okay. Wow. (laughs) No, thank you for coming on. This has been very helpful. Yeah, I I can't wait for our listeners to find you um, online and and just glean uh, more inspiration and insight from, from all the things you're doing. So thank you again. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed this. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to check out our website at womenwork.net for today's show notes. There will be more information about today's conversation there. And while you're there, we'd be honored for you to partner with us financially. If this podcast or really any of the content Women in Work produces has been a source of inspiration and encouragement to you. Women in Work is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all your donations are fully tax deductible. And please take a minute to subscribe to our show and also give us a rating and review so more listeners can find us. And with that, we hope you've been inspired to more confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. See you next time, friends. Mm -hmm.